the course of this summer series of one another's, we are exploring what it truly means to love one another. We're diving into Jesus's teachings and the Bible's wisdom on how we can live this command out in our daily lives. We're examining how our love towards one another can be expressed from acts of service and kindness to forgiveness and sacrifice. We're also talking about some of the challenges of loving one another and how we are to deal with difficult people and even navigate the conflict in our lives. If you got the What's Up Life Center email this week, it comes out on Wednesdays usually, there was a PDF available and it was called The Discipline of Neighboring. And it mentioned that there are actually 59 one another statements of love in the New Testament. 59 one another statements. And the practice of them is actually something called the discipline of neighboring. This digital download has 11 action steps for us to do as we practice this discipline. So before we get started, I just wanted to encourage you, if you haven't downloaded that yet, um, take, it, take the opportunity to do that. Ultimately, the hope here is that we will be inspired and challenged to love others in a deeper and more meaningful way. So whether you're here this morning and you're a longtime follower of Jesus, or you're here and you're just curious about what it means to love one another, I want to invite you with us on this journey. This morning, we're going to explore what the scriptures say about instructing one another. And before we get started, I want to take a moment to pray. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, Lord, this morning we look to you and your word as we consider what it means to instruct one another. We want to take your word seriously. Oh, Lord, we want to keep the truth of your word at the center of everything we do together. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would minister to each of us here this morning. Help us, Lord, to examine our own hearts and show us how we can live out your commands in our lives, even when it is hard to do. There are people in our lives right now who may need instruction or loving correction. But this is not our work, Lord. It is solely the work of your spirit through us. So Lord, I pray that we would be humble enough to receive your instruction. That we would be ready to be used by you to love others in this way. And that we too would be open and willing to receive instruction or correction from our brothers and sisters as well. This is the work that you have given us, Lord. Ordinary people like us. 
to care for each other, to be our brother's keeper, to be our sister's keeper. All of us, Lord, divinely gifted to do the same thing. Amen. So Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12 says, And he himself gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, that is, to build up the body of Christ. Yes, our pastors and teachers do the work of the ministry, but they also equip us to do the work of the ministry as well. That's what this One Another series is all about. That's what the church is all about. When we hear the words pastoral care or work of the ministry, we sometimes think that this is the stuff that's set aside for our pastors alone. And that caring for this church family is the work of Pastor Mitch, Pastor Karen, Pastor Sam, and Pastor Sarah. And they do do it so well. But the scripture reveals to us that God has actually chosen us as well, you and me, to do the work of loving for, caring for, and maturing his people with the goal of building up the body of Christ. This is the work that you and I are called to do. But since we often have our own list of issues, we think that caring for others is best left for those who are more qualified, maybe those who've been a Christian longer, who seem to just be more compassionate, or who are even employed by the church. But the kingdom of God operates in ways we don't expect. When Jesus arrived on the scene, everything changed. No longer was ministry only in the hands of the priests and the prophets. All of God's people were called to do this ministry, to care for one another, to build up the church. So if you are here this morning and you feel weak or unqualified for this work, that's okay. I do too. And yet God in his sovereignty calls us and equips us for this. He calls us and equips us to care for one another, to love one another, to honor one another, to bear with one another, and even as we will explore today, to instruct and correct one another. The King James Version actually uses the words admonish one another. It's kind of amazing, isn't it? Of all the tools that God has at his disposal, he uses one another to grow us up in unity. Isn't that amazing? And just like you and I are interconnected and interdependent as the body of Christ, so are these one another's that we're exploring in this summer series. 
Each one is interdependent to the other when it comes to loving each other. None of them can stand alone. Last week, Pastor Mitch talked about not judging others. And really, that is the foundation for where we will go this morning with this week's message on instructing others. The key verse for this morning is Romans 15, verse 14. And here Paul writes, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. As I was preparing for this message, my first, first thought was, this goes against everything our culture stands for right now. In the world we live in, instructing one another or even correcting one another has such a negative connotation to it because the mantra we hear every day is that we should each do what makes us happy without question. Yet, instruction and correction are an essential part of the Christian life, of our Christian life with one another. We need to be willing to call one another to remain committed to the word of God and his design for our lives. However, just like the scriptures are written in a certain context, the same applies to instructing one another. There is a context. There are conditions to how and when we are to instruct or admonish one another. And that's what we're going to look at today. I want to ask you, when you think about giving or receiving instruction, what comes to your mind? What feeling does that produce in you? I'm sure that there are people in this room this morning who have positive memories of a time when someone gave you loving correction, instruction, or counsel. I know that there have been times in my own life where good friends have come alongside me to counsel me and lovingly correct me, and I have been so grateful for that. But I believe that there are also people in this room this morning who have experienced pain because someone brought a word of correction or instruction in a way that was not loving. And perhaps it was even intended to shame you or wound you. And it actually made the situation worse for you. It added to the burden that you were carrying. I think it's important that for each of us to acknowledge where we're at in this because our own thoughts and feelings will impact the way we give instruction to others or give counsel to others and also the way we will receive it as well. You may be at a point here this morning where you can't even imagine opening yourself up to receiving counsel or instruction again. Maybe you've even distanced yourself from a relationships in the church because you're afraid of being hurt again and being vulnerable. You may be here this morning and just the thought of giving someone instruction scares you because you're afraid that your relationship with them would suffer. 
You've just come to this point where you're like, listen, I will pray for this person and I will hope for the best, but there is no way that I'm going to be giving them loving correction or counsel. I just want them to be happy and I don't want my relationship with them to suffer. Or you may be here this morning and thinking, gosh, I've been waiting for a scripture like this to be preached on in church. Because the world around me needs to hear the truth of sin and death and righteous living. And if truth bombs need to be delivered, I want to sign up for this task. Wherever you are at this morning, God wants to meet you there in that place. And he wants to grow us up. But we have to recognize where we are at in this. And then ask him to build humility in us. Empathy in us. And the courage to be obedient when he asks us to be. Jackie Hill Perry says, we have to love others enough. Love God enough. Even fear God enough. That when Holy Spirit asks us to speak up, we will be obedient. So where do we begin? We begin with prayer. For the believer, everything begins with prayer. If instructing others is the work of the Holy Spirit, then we have to be listening to his voice and discerning his voice. And the way that we do that is through the scriptures and through prayer. I think most of us in this room would admit that we feel inadequate to instruct others. But that at the same time, we've probably all felt prompted to speak into someone else's life. So what do we do? We depend on him through prayer. Through prayer, we start by examining our own heart and the motivation for expressing concern or care for another person. If I believe that I have the answer within me for another person's issue, I'm wrong. I don't have the answer. Any instruction that we are going to give needs to come from the word of God and the Holy Spirit at work within us. This is not about what I feel or what I think. It always has to come back to what does God's word say about this. Through prayer, we examine our own hearts before we go to another person. We remove the log from our own eye before we go to someone else about the speck in theirs. Matthew chapter 7, verses 3 to 5 says, Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but you do not notice the log that's in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye. And then you will be able to see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. My, my study Bible notes referring to this verse that Jesus isn't forbidding us from going to a brother or sister with concern 
or correction. What he's saying is that only when we are humbled enough and grieved over our own sin can we ever help to remove the speck that's in a brother or sister's eye. There can be no arrogance within us, no pride within us. Through prayer, we will come to this place of humility. Paul writes in Colossians 3, verse 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. If we are feeling prompted to speak into another person's life, we have to do so in humility. There can be no arrogance within us. There can be no thoughts of, I know better. I can do better. I am the answer to your problems. Humility actually protects the body of Christ. I want to say that again. Humility actually protects the body of Christ. Because it keeps us in this posture of knowing that we are not the answer, that we don't have all the answers. Humility keeps us leaning into Christ as the answer. Humility actually protects our relationships with one another. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 2 says, When pride comes in, then disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. From my own experience, it's when we become arrogant and preoccupied with ourselves that we start to hurt one another. But if we can remain humble, God will give us wisdom. We need to speak with empathy. If we're going to bring instruction or correction to a brother or sister, if we are going to speak into their lives according to God's word, it can never be meant to shame them, to condemn them, or to make them feel more burdened. Yes, sometimes, a lot of times, God's word, his truth, brings conviction. But that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Our job as a brother or sister in Christ is to come alongside them, to help them, to love them, to not judge them, and to bear with them, to enter in as best we can. Even if we've never experienced what they are experiencing with a humble and empathetic heart, we can enter in. And I think sometimes we're afraid to share what we see happening with others because we're struggling in the same way. So instead of wrestling through it together, we keep up the silence and we pretend that neither of us has the issue. But that's not taking God's word seriously. There needs to be a commitment to be real with one another. In my own life, I have a circle of people that I choose to be real with. I will reveal myself to them, not as I wish to be, 
not as I want to be, not how I think they expect me to be, but as I really am, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And why do I do that? Because I want to take God's word seriously in my life. Because I want to be humble enough to receive instruction, counsel, or correction from others when I need it. Because I know that I have blind spots in my life. And I know that I can't carry my burdens alone. We need to be in relationship with others. We need to be in relationship with others. You know, God's word often comes through other people, doesn't it? That's why relationships in the body of Christ are so important. And I really believe that before you and I can speak into another person's life, we have to be in relationship with them. Do we know the kind of suffering that they have experienced in their lives? Do we know what they're walking through? Do we genuinely care about them? This is so important because aren't we much more receptive to receiving instruction, loving correction, and wise counsel from someone we know and trust, from someone who has listened to us, who has heard us, and who has sought to really know us? Bless you. Sometimes, and I think you would agree with me on this, sometimes God will have us listen to someone for a long time before he prompts us to speak into their lives, to speak into a particular issue or bring correction in a loving way. And it's in that place that trust is born. We can't underestimate the power of listening and giving other people the space to be heard and valued. You may get together with a brother or a sister for multiple coffee dates before the Holy Spirit says, now's the time. Now's the time. In relationships, we're always relying on the Holy Spirit. Reading the room. Walking prayerfully and carefully. Discerning when to speak and when to stay silent. In my pastoral care class, which is a third year course in LSB, Pastor Ingrid would say to us that while we're having these kinds of conversations with people, there is simultaneous communication happening between us and the Holy Spirit. So even, you know, my first point was around prayer. In the moment, even in conversation, we can be praying. Lord, I don't know what to say. I have done this so many times in conversation with people. Lord, I don't have the words. I don't even have the wisdom to speak into this. Holy Spirit, I need you to give me the words. He will. And sometimes he'll say, just listen for now. 
Just listen for now. Remember, instruction is the work of the Holy Spirit. And we need to be teachable. While we are inviting the Holy Spirit to use us to speak into someone else's life, we too need to be people who are opening ourselves up to receiving instruction or correction as well. I have got to be teachable. You have got to be teachable. Even if instruction or correction comes to us from a broken person in a broken way, we need to be able to take that word to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, is there any truth in this? Is there something here that I need to hear or reflect on? We don't want to be so quick to dismiss the words of others unless it's blatantly contradicting God's word before taking an honest moment before the Lord and examining our own hearts. I want to be a person who is willing to receive instruction and counsel. And as I was preparing this message this morning, I felt so strongly that I needed to say this to someone here today. It's okay to access other resources. It's okay to seek therapy and counseling if you are struggling in an area of your life and you need a professional to help you walk and work through that. Sometimes we need to involve outside professionals who have a greater wisdom and expertise on how to navigate certain things. This is a good thing to do. And there are times when we have to step back from instructing a brother or sister, recognizing that we're no longer being helpful or when the issue is beyond brotherly, sisterly care and we, someone else needs to come alongside them at that point. You know, we may need to redirect then to our pastors or another professional. If you are struggling in your life, in a certain area of your life, and you feel like you are going around the same mountain again and again, book an appointment with Pastor Mitch and invite him to give you counsel. Have coffee with a trusted friend this week from this church family and invite them to speak into your life. Make an appointment with a qualified counselor who can help you move forward. This is part of being teachable. And I'm going to close with the most important point of all. If we are going to bring instruction or loving correction to someone else, we have to know God's word. We have to be exposing ourselves to the scriptures over and over and over again. This truly is the only way to prepare our hearts to not only receive instruction, but to give instruction as well. We need to know what does God's word say about the issues that we are giving counsel on. 
What I think or feel is not the question. The question is, what does God's word say about this? How does God's word tell us to respond to this person? Let's allow God's word to instruct us. If we are going to love one another well, if we're going to do any of these one another's well that we're exploring in this summer series, we have to know the word of God. We have to know God's heart for his people. We can learn from Ezra on this point. He studied the word. He practiced it in his own life. And then he instructed it. So let's study the word of God on a regular basis. Let's read the Bible every day. Heartstrong is such a great place to be, to do that, to, to study together the word of God. Let's start by practicing what the scriptures teach and command in our own lives. Let's let the word of God counsel and instruct us first. Then we are able to instruct others from a place of humility and love. Let's go back to the scripture that I opened with this morning. It's Romans 15, verse 14. And this is what Paul says. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. Paul gave the Roman brothers and sisters permission to instruct one another because he said, you are full of goodness and you are filled with knowledge. That's the heart of this passage. He is saying once we are full of goodness, in other words, once we have a genuine care and concern for others, and when we are filled with all knowledge, in other words, once we, under, we have studied and we understand the truth of God's word, then we are in a position to instruct one another. This is the ministry that you and I have been given. I need you, who are full of genuine care and filled with God's word, to instruct me. And you need me to do the same. This is God's design for his church, to grow us up in unity. We have to be ready to be used by God to speak into one another's lives. It can be awkward. It can be really awkward. It takes courage. It takes a lot of courage. It takes humility. It takes a lot of humility. And above all, it takes love. Love. There are people in your life right now that you are the right person 
to lovingly instruct them. And at the same time, there are people in your life right now that you need to be willing to receive instruction from. All for the building up of the body of Christ. Our love for one another proves to the world that we are a disciple of Christ. We choose love. We choose love. We choose to love in times of chaos. We choose to love in times of turmoil. We choose to love when it's not convenient to love. We choose to love when it's even hard to like. We choose to reflect the heart of God towards one another. We choose to radiate God's love in times of distress. We choose to let God lead and soften our hearts in every season. We choose to speak life. We choose to speak life. We choose to speak in love. We choose to speak in love. Jesus said, by this, they will know that you're my disciple. By this, they will know that you are my disciples. By your love for one another. By your love for one another. Let's pray. Just open your hands, just in this act of surrendering. Thank you, God. Father, we thank you that you equip us, you empower us, you strengthen us. We thank you, God, that you guide us, you lead us, you instruct us. We thank you, Lord God, that we have Jesus as our model for how to do this well, how to love one another well. I pray, God, that each of us would examine our own hearts in this, Lord, that we would allow ourselves, Lord, to be instructed by you, to be instructed by your word, and that we would allow that to bring transformation in our lives. And I pray, God, that each of us would be willing, humble enough, and obedient, God, to be used by you to instruct others in love, to speak life in love, all for your glory, God, all for your glory, God. Transform us, Lord, into your image. Grow us up in unity, O oh God, we pray. Amen. Amen.